Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Hadit.com Radio Show. Hadit.com Radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this uh, 24th day of January, 2019. We're here with our co-host, Jay Basser. And tonight our guest speaker is Mr. Ray Cobbs. He's a bit uh, busy right now. I think he's on a conference call with the president. Uh, but uh, he'll he'll be joining us just as soon as we get going. How you doing tonight, John? Buddy, I am sitting here just taking it easy, relaxing a little bit, and then uh, listening to us. Five gentlemen talk on the radio show. I don't know who them guys are. They sure sound pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by golly, they do. I, I think, uh, you know, they, these are top rated. Uh, top of the line here. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, tonight we was going to uh, talk about the HESA grant, and then there's several other troubling issues we want to bring out, uh, mm, something yeah. to look forward to in the near future. Uh, but uh, Ray will be here uh, shortly. And, uh, yeah, we'll be here shortly. Uh, let me see. But anyway, you, sure you, you, me- you, uh, <laughs> you have applied for a Hesagram, haven't you, John? Yes, I applied back in November of 2018, Gerald. And, uh, 2018? You have to have a medical condition that, you know, it depends on what the level of service connection is as to basically, you know, how much you get. The maximum is $6,800 with your service connected. Yes. But you still get it if you, even if you're not service connected, but the, you know, limits are reduced greatly. I, I think, think they're about $3,200. Yeah. Yeah, but they're half. So, uh, even if you're 10%, you're service connected, that qualifies yeah. you for the 6,800. Well, and, uh, we've talked about this. You know, we talked about this in the past, you know, just, you know, in general speaking. And I've always been reluctant, you know, because I always hear horror stories about the history process and, you know, people not getting paid and things like that. And, you know, and I said, well, it's not going to happen to me. So I went ahead and I filed for it, got it approved, and went over and met with them and gave them my, you know, my, gave them my contractors, you know, quotes and everything. And uh, after I got everything lined out, you know, I was waiting on the advance payment, you know, so I can get started on the project. You know, I don't have a lot of money. I, you know, I've been unfortunate the last several years to have some bad things happen and you know, it's just, uh, you know, you have to live how you can live. So I decided to go ahead and file for the grant and get it approved. And, well, that was in November. I got the approval in December, and lo and behold, today is what? The 25th, 24th what day is this? 20, well, what day it is? Oh, uh, 24th day of January. Today's the 24th day of January, and I have yet to see, yet to receive my, the, the advance on the check. 
and my contractor's sitting there twiddling his thumbs, waiting, and I'm sitting there waiting because, you know, I'm not going to put a bunch of stuff on a credit card. I, I'd rather pay for it and get it done with, you know. Yeah. So we've called and called and talked to them, and they've had a couple of issues and things like that. I have yet to see any funds at all. Ray made it in. Yeah, Ray's here. How you doing, Ray? I got. I'm doing good. How you guys doing tonight? Well, we're doing all right. We're just stoking the bar for you, so jump right on in here. Uh, you had you got yourself a Hesse Grant, didn't you? I did, and and I read through the same thing. I think that he's going through because it took a little longer to get it than uh, what I had originally anticipated. Uh, I think it actually took about, uh, once it had been approved, it actually took about 90 days or more before the funds actually hit my checking account. So that's something they don't tell you up front, but, uh, uh, you know, their famous statement, uh, we'll get to it as quick as we can. Uh, Normally, I think it's still run about 90, 120 days. Well, they told me that my funds would be deposited within seven days of my approval date. Uh, I tell you what, I, I'm, going, I'm going to use one of James Cripps' quotes there. They can't even pick their nose in seven days. Much well, <laughs> get anything else done. Well, I've been reading up on this the rules and stuff. You know, they've got 30 days from your approval date to get your first check to you. That's correct, but I guess my question about, about that, uh, my suggestion on that, uh, I, I have found it's been necessary in the last 12, 14 months, anytime you're dealing anything through prosthetics, you have got to even go as high as you can in that field up to usually... Uh, an assistant director at the hospital that's not only prosthetic uh-huh. over prosthetics but a c- couple of other things and uh, hmm. I'll give you a good example I went and supposedly a uh, similar type of thing with prosthetics uh, I had a problem with my um, lift on my vehicle and I couldn't get my uh-huh. scooter up or down and uh, called prosthetics. I said, oh, well, you got to go back to your primary care for a consultant. You had not had a consultant in a year. Well, I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. And here I am, a uh, wire had come loose, was dragging the grounds and throwing sparks out the back of my car around the gas, gas tank. So I just went to the head of prosthetics and told her what the problem was. And instead of taking three or four weeks, they were out the next day to get it fixed. Now, you shouldn't have to do that. Just like you shouldn't have to wait more than 30 days to get your funds. Uh, uh, so you just sometimes you got to rattle those cages to the higher-ups. Uh, right now, a bunch of VA employees are scared about what's coming down the pipe and the future, and what their future may be, if any, and they're scared to do anything for they, they, you know, might lose their job. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm seeing that over and over. And, well, I agree, and, um, um, you know, I've 
Yeah, I, my suggestion on that one, it's been if you give them their 30 days, I'd go right to the top and find out why. This is a simple process. I just want to take out a, a, a I call it a windmill tub and put a shower in it. You're, you're seeing yeah. a windmill tub? I have. You know, it's when you get in the, that's when you trip over the lift of tub, tub and windmill across the bathroom until you hit the wall. That's right. That's right, because it's about three or four inch deals. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's a, um, it's a shame that projects like that, once you work with a contractor, once you get everything in and once they approve it, it's a shame why it, they can't live up to their supposedly written obligation. And it's their rules. It's not your rules. You didn't write that rule of 30 days. They wrote it. And, and they can't even live up to their own rules. And, and I just think you need to go, even if you have to go to the uh, uh, to the rec, to the director of the hospital. I mean, uh, well, I, I would. I would. I mean, email after. I want to send them an email. I, I got on the computer last night looking around to just, just see what other people are going through. And I found this thing in Nashville, Tennessee with a, this guy. His name is James Cripps. And he actually <laughs> went to a TV station because I failed to pay his contract to psychopathy. I want to email that sucker to my people over here. And I want to follow that up with a call to the hotline tomorrow because I've had it. Well, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. And I think you might get some results. Uh, you know, when you go, when you got to, um, let me give you another little tip of what James does. Uh, when James goes to the television stations, some things that he kind of sometimes doesn't let you in on, he makes sure that he has that, uh, instead of making the television station try to figure out what's supposed to go on and what, what's supposed to happen, he prints mm-hmm. out the 38 CFR code or the, in this case, it's probably the hospital regulation uh, that uh-huh. states that they have to pay it within 30 days. He gets all yeah. that together and he gives it to the, he emails it or gives it to the to the television station, so that they Ooh. don't have to go through and try to look up and figure out what the VA is supposed to do or has done or hadn't done. And he kind of makes it pretty easy on them. I, I learned from him, and. Uh, um, <laughs> You know, between the two of us, fortunately or unfortunately, I think in the uh, in the Alvin C. York Medical Facilities in our region there, uh, his name and my name are pretty well known uh, among people that we've never even met. So, <laughs> but I understand Alvin C. York Medical Facilities don't do the word don't do the name Alvin C. York any justice. <laughs> yeah. Were they rated a one or a two? They're right at the very bottom. Customer satisfaction, they were, uh, what's the lowest rating? Five? They were rated five a year ago, and this past rating, this past uh, evaluation, they moved up to a four. But they're way really? down there. Now, as far as the medical treatment, they're, they're one. But when it mm-hmm. comes to, to, Patient services, they're a five. They're four and five, and have been for a couple of years. Well, hmm. I mean, they need to do better, you know. The VA needs to do better in this. I mean, taking this much time for something that's pretty simple. You know, it's easy to install computerized anyway. 
And and if there was something, well, it's already been approved. But you know, when they said, well, they found this or found that, well, if they've already approved it, it's too late to change that. They can't change that now. They got to accept the bid and the original drawings. Mm-hmm. It's just like you trying to change something after they approve it. You're not allowed yeah. to change anything. Mm-hmm. No. We'll see what happens, though. It's just, uh, it's just getting old. I mean, I should have had this beer, and now it's getting cold outside. Yeah. Mm. Of I kind of want to take off and go to Florida, but I can't do that either waiting on them, so. <laughs> well, I won't, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't well, say anything about wearing shorts all day today. Or... You're pro- are you sitting in Milton right now? No, we uh, uh, we go down we go down to Zephyr Hills, Florida, okay. which is down about Tampa. I know what's that. And uh, yeah, we go down. We come down here and, uh, uh, and stay nice and warm. It's still got chilly in the, up in Milton. We liked it up there, but it got a little chilly, so we. We came on down here where it's nice and warm, and uh, it's going. We got a cold front coming in tonight. It's going to be sixty tomorrow, so we don't oh, have my. the weather. No, <laughs> oh, suffer. Yeah, I just suffered that high. I'm crying. <laughs> go over to go over to Lazy Days and look around at all the bees way there. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think I'd do that. I think I'd get in contact with your your uh, television station. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, well, I don't want to. I don't want to take that ad just yet, but I want to. Uh, you know, I want to see if I can uh, get her done another way. Well, then you know what James oh, uh, did the last time, which it worked. He gave them okay. a deadline. Uh, he he told them that in four days or five days he was going in for some heart surgery. And he didn't know mm-hmm. if he would come out of it, and he didn't want his wife uh, with this bill hanging over her head, which is kind of what you're mm-hmm. talking about. And he says, if this isn't completed and I don't have the funds, by the t- if I survive this surgery and I get out of the hospital in four or five days, if I still don't have the funds, then I'm going to the television station. And that's exactly what he did. So, you know, he told him he was going in, in in a week or four or five days, actually. And then uh, he went in, had the procedure, got okay. out three or four days later, and it still hadn't been taken care of. So he went to the television station then and gave them also a copy where he had sent them a memo. As to, well, you know, the fact it hadn't been he paid. Actually paid and he, he, he actually paid the contract out of pocket, didn't he? Uh, he had to pay a little. He went ahead and paid the contract out of his pocket. Mm-hmm. When he went the day he went to the hospital uh, that morning on the way, he stopped by the contractor's office and wrote him a check uh, to make sure that if anything happened, that bill would have been paid for. Well, he did it right. Yeah. They don't care. But do he shouldn't have had to. You know, they should right. BA should have done what they said they'd do. Well, uh, you're they correct. Don't care. Um, and his was the second check. You know, I think on your first check, you get about half of it or so. 
and uh, that's a change that came into effect in the last year or two. Before, when I had my HESA grant, uh, they didn't give you nor the contractor any money till the job was complete. So uh, that kind of left the contractor out in the cold. Fortunately, with mine, I had I had no problem. Everything came in on mine when they said it would. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, once again, they they had told me it would be at that time. There wasn't any time frame written. Uh, it was ninety days, and this was just when they were changing because prior to that, they paid the contractor directly. Then they got to where they. Uh, paid the veteran because they felt like they could get a little more control or didn't have to react as fast if they were dealing with a veteran as if they were dealing with a private contractor or private business. So they made that rule change. Yeah, so that was one of the first. So instead of trying to put the shoes of the contractors, they decided to put the streets of the veterans. Okay, actually, I can't that's, 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 ex- that's exactly what they did. And uh, mm-hmm. ever since I've heard about that, these checks have been delayed, and with a couple of individuals that I helped them to assist them in getting their HESA grants, um, they did. It did take the ninety days. But, uh, well, I guess I have to call. The, I have to call the man tomorrow. I guess. I would. I, you know, I'd. I'd start calling him every day. <laughs> but then that's that's me. I really like to be a. I like to be a. You know. A thorn in their side. If they don't do their job, they expect me to do mine. So I should expect them to do theirs. You're exactly right. You know, I had, exactly a, I had right. a, a manager one time years ago. He was the vice president that I had to answer to, and he told me when I first went to work for him, he said, "I like everything done within a reasonable period of time." And a reasonable period of time is get started on it within five minutes after I ask you to do it. <laughs> That's about right. That's reasonable. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it worked. <laughs> I worked. I worked for that gentleman for three years before I was promoted, so it worked. <laughs> well. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Well, it ain't that hard. Yeah. yeah. It's not that hard. No. You know? No, it's not. I don't understand what's going on with me. I mean, it's in there. I thought the shutdown had affected it, but they, they assured me it didn't. Hmm. So. Yeah. Hesa grants are good. Yeah, they help the veteran, and and if you got the if you got the opportunity to use one, you qualify for one, then you need to go for it. Um, but uh, sometimes having to deal, anytime you got to deal with the Veterans Administration lately, it just has become a headache, and you just might as well assume it's going to be a headache and be ready to. Uh, Get in there and fight for what you qualify for and for what you deserve, and and uh, in the long run you'll be okay. Yeah, and I don't see it getting any better, Ray. 
Uh, we have a caller here, uh, 404. Let's see if we have a question or comment. Uh, caller there, uh, area code 404, do you have a question or a comment? Well, Mr. Cook, I just I just got Well, I did thought that might be you. Uh, how you doing, Chairman? Oh, he ain't climbed high enough in that tree. Sherman's down there in Georgia. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, it looked like he dropped out. He must fell out of the tree. He had to climb the tree to talk to us. <laughs> but that's all right. He's doing good. Here he is. He come back. Boy, he's a quick tree, tree climber. There we go. Yeah, Chairman, you make it back? Yeah, I'm, I'm down in the valley today, and I just called in to see what was going on in the show, so I don't really know what you're talking about. Well, it's Hassel Grant. You familiar with the Hassel Grant? No, I'm not familiar with that. That's where they'll come in and remodel your bathroom, make your house wheelchair accessible, or uh, different things. You know, they'll they'll do all sorts of stuff for you. Has that uh, uh, been working good for people? Well, the ones that can get it and get the money, yeah, work pretty good. Now, Ray, our guest speaker, Ray Cobb here, uh, he he's got one and. Uh, Jay Basser or John there, he, he's been approved for one, but they ain't give him no money yet. Uh, I don't know how they expect him to get the work done, but they ain't going to give him any money. Well, it might be like that thing they do down here in Atlanta. They tell you that it's approved and everything, and then they wait six months, and then they they don't do it, and they say, well, you got to reapply now because your uh, thing's expired. <laughs> 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 Maybe that's where they added with John. <laughs> well, I, tell you, I, I tell you what, that happens everywhere. That's not just in Atlanta. That happens yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I know they do it with wheelchairs a lot down here. They'll give you a prescription and everything, and then it just gets all messed up. And then six months will go by, and they'll say, "Well, your prescription's expired. Now you got to reapply." Oh my land. That's an ASU a notice of disagreement to them and send it to the BBA at the BBA strike them out. There's, you can look at the BBA decisions and you can type in HISA. <laughs> You'd be surprised at how many veterans have gotten mad and filed appeals on them. And every one of them has been overturned and approved. <laughs> wow. Well, kind of I was talking to someone that, about benefits, uh, about disability claims and stuff, and if they let it ride for so many years, say just take three to five years to get it processed through and everything, and then they they'll offer you back pay on a certain percentage of it, you know, give you a little bit of money and hope you go away and be satisfied because you've been waiting so long. Look how much money the government makes off interest just holding your money. Quite a bit. Yeah. 
and making you know, up interest a, off of stolen bonds that they they can pay several veterans. Yeah, I was talking to think, a guy one day, and he he worked for U-Hauling. And when you rent a U-Hauling, you got to put a deposit down. And then when you turn your vehicle back in, in a month they'll give you your deposit back. But they hold your money for a month, and they did at this time when this was going on. They just think they do that a million times a day all around the country. That's a lot of money that they're holding in the bank for 30 days and collecting money on it. And the VA does the same thing. There's money designated for your disability claim, but they'll hold it and uh, for years, and then uh, they've made money off of it. Well, how do you expect them to pay the national debt off? They're looking to veterans to do that. Do you think a systemic infected organization as big as our government's going to know how to invest any money in anything? That's kind of hard to swallow, but that's like taking a horse pill and trying to... Trying to swallow it with lemon juice. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to happen. It'll never make it. It'll be in somebody's pocket. Well, they'll take they'll take that interest earned and, and give it away or spend it on something else that's not even been approved. That's right. If he would take the interest, if he would take the the delays, for example, my delay on getting my uh, claim approved from the original was eight years. If they take all that interest rate that they got on that money for eight years and applied it to the wall, they'd have more than enough to build that wall. Well, sure they would. Ten times over. Or more than that. that uh, Ray, me you was mentioning. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, Ray Go ahead, was yeah. mentioning some some uh, new laws coming into effect here in June, and that June, uh, Ray. Yeah, June the first. You know, all these new laws that they passed last year concerning the reorganization of the Veterans Administration and the. Uh, the choice program and veterans having the right to go uh, closer to home for their medical expenses and everything, that all starts to kick in on June 1. Uh, and there, there's some uh, really questionable uh, parts to that. Number, number one, the law still says that you can only do it when you have VA approval. Uh, that's one, of the, one thing that has not changed. So your primary care doctor has to say, yeah, you can go somewhere else for your primary care. You don't have to come to me. Well, I don't know how many doctors are going to say that or how many hospitals, uh, VA hospitals personnel will say that uh, just because, you know, that's jeopardizing their job. Uh, Then you've you've got the other part about that is that once you go, they haven't even figured out that if you go to an outside doctor for your care, how does those, they haven't figured out how those medical records get into your VA records. That hasn't even been discussed yet. You know, and, and your claim all depends on the medical records. So, 
you know, you're really looking that if you end up with a disability claim uh, for whatever reason, and you've been seeing an outside doctor, even though they're approved by VA, that doesn't mean that those notes are into the proper system in order to get to, to the VA to where your claims division can see it. And then on top of that, outside doctors have no idea what a 38 CFR code is, nor the wordage under the medical parts of that 38 CFR code to help assist a veteran to receive his benefits. And, and you know, it's just really going to be a, I mean, the veteran is going to have to do a whole lot more work. Uh, then I was reading the other night, it didn't say how or what the breakdown was, but it says so. In, in some cases, the veteran will now be required to have a copay. Well, you know, what's that copay, and when's it going to kick in, and what percentage of disability do you have to have, or is it going to be a, a copay on a doctor's regular doctor's visit, or a copay on everything? You know, none of that has been explained or written, and was not a part of the um, congressional mandate. So we're going to have to really watch this closer, guys. We're liable to lose out on a on a lot of things. Um, uh, just just alone from what I've seen in our area, when an individual goes to an outside doctor, outside of the VA system, you talk to them about certain things such as these, uh, this lung problem that's being uh, coming from back from Afghanistan, Iraq, and places that these younger soldiers are getting that can't clear up that nagging cough and everything. Uh, which we don't know where that's going to end up. you got the burn fields over there, or burn pits. We don't know where that's going to detail down the, the future. But it's for sure that an outside doctor, that 1% of his patients are veterans, cannot be updated on these very unusual situations to which veterans experience, such as contamination to Agent Orange. So... Uh, you know that that's where we're going to kind of watch our have to watch ourselves, or we're going to end up uh, the veterans are going to end up losing big time. Well, right now I have mine set up to where my primary care doctor is here in Joplin, and they have a portal set up. My doctor writes script for me. I just fax them down to the VA, uh, to my primary care team at the VA, and they fill those scripts. And uh, they've been working really good. Now, that's this one particular primary care team that I'm working with, and uh, they're done good. Now, the next one, should I get a new one, uh, that might not be the case. Nothing is constant in the VA unless it's uh, you're talking about missing things up. That's pretty constant. The only thing you can count on with the VA is that it's going to change. Yeah. They see something working, they're going to change it. But this has been a real good deal for me, but it saved me a lot of trips, you know, to the VA because it's so far. 
Well, that's where I am. They sent me to all these specialists in Nashville uh, for my diabetes and, and, and my heart problems and things. Well, that's about 78, 80-some-odd miles. They, they pay my travel pay back and forth. And I had so many appointments last month, I think it was, or maybe it was the month before last, but uh, I got the, got the check this month on it, and it was almost $400 in travel pay. Oh, my. I mean, I had several trips, you know, to two or three different mm-hmm. doctors. And, and I'll probably do the same thing. I'll be going back in April on my six-month follow-up with all these doctors again. And it'll be the same thing all over. Yeah. How's your diabetes meds treating you, Ray? It, it, my diabetes seems to be better under control now than it has been a long time. Uh, but, of course, I'm on the U500, which is the most powerful insulin you can take. And I'm also on Victoza. And I'm maxed out mm-hmm. on the amount of Victoza that I use uh, at 18 units per day. Not? I'm sorry. Any problems with the big? Any problems with the big toes at all? No, I haven't had any problems with it whatsoever. I understand some people do, but uh, I haven't so had any problems the, with it at all. So you're still doing the vials? Uh, no, I'm doing the pins. Okay, I just <laughs> yeah, I just switched over to those last month, and. Uh, Kind of a funny story. My first shipment when they ordered it, it came out of Murfreesboro. You know Murfreesboro. They ship all the meds out of there. That's close to your hometown, ain't it? Yes, and, it is. Uh, they ship them by UPS and they put them in them coolers. You know, a little bit cooler packs. Yeah. You know, ice blocks in them, and I got a notice on Monday saying it was delivered on Saturday. So I hop up and go look out the front door, and there's nothing on the porch. So I get a little bit worried there, you know. And I, Finally called UPS and they said, Yeah, we delivered it Saturday at eleven fifteen. I said, You did? Where did you deliver it to? Because you didn't deliver it here. This is on Monday. So Tuesday morning, I get up, I put my jacket on, I take a little walk through the neighborhood. And sure enough, two houses, or two houses up the street on your left, there's two big white boxes on the porch. So I didn't want to go bother nobody, so I come back and she goes, no, she's going to talk to her. She said, yep, there for me. They put my medicine three days ago on the wrong porch and sitting outside for three days. So I get on the phone and I call my provider to VA. And luckily, I got her number. And I talked to her and she said, well, if I wouldn't take it. She said, I want to try to get reissued. So she wrote it up again and they filled out of Lexington here. So the next morning, I went over and waited and waited and waited because they had all kinds of red tape to jump through to get reissued. I finally picked it up and brought it home. I put it in the fridge, and uh, they give me a packet, a little envelope, so like uh, their little mailback bag. So I put that medicine in those bags and send it to the post office, and they mail it to the medicine destruction place. They get rid of it. I got a phone call the next morning from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And because the VA charged it back to them, and uh, they want to know what happened. I explained everything to them again, and uh, they're kind of like NCIS, the investigators. You know that? It's kind of like yeah. kind of like the VA investigative service. So I had explained to it everything. So they they finally decided to go after UPS and leave me alone. You know, they delivered to the wrong place. 
And that is from Link Sheet, but it's over two thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, that's that so. very thing is happened to me in the summertime. They'll yeah. ship it out from Murfreesboro to me, which is only uh, about fifty five miles. Yeah. And they ship it out to me and they'll ship it out on a Friday. They don't mm-hmm. put next day delivery. And yeah. they put it two day ground. It sits in a warehouse in the summertime all day Saturday and all day Sunday, and they deliver it then on Monday. Well, in in July and August, when it's 100 degrees in that warehouse, that medicine is ruined. So finally what I was able to get, I had to contact a manager in the pharmacy to put a note into my records that the medication was to be mailed out on Mondays only. That way I'm insured yeah. to have it by Thursday or Friday at the latest, and it hasn't mm-hmm. set two days in a warehouse. So usually when they mail it out, but but I had to go and they had to make a notation. Also, when they you first did. said, I don't know if they do it now, but they were making me sign for it. Uh-huh. And yet... UPS would not give me a delivery date or a time, uh, mm-hmm. and you know an exact, or at least within four hours. They would just say sometime tomorrow, uh, because yeah. we do not have a UPS distribution center in our county. Uh, right. So therefore, I had to also convince them that I didn't need to sign for it. Because I was going right. to doctor's appointments all the time, I was, you know, right. doing things, and I could, if they could not tell me when it was going to be there, or, or let me allow me to schedule when it would be could be delivered within a four-hour period, then you can't make me sign. You know, I just won't be able or responsible for signing it. Well, the first time or two, they didn't pay attention to that, and. Uh, uh, they called me from UPS and said, oh, we tried to deliver this yesterday. Are you going to be home tomorrow? I said, no, and by the time you sit there and held it, that's medicine that has to be refrigerated, and you didn't refrigerate it, did you? Well, no, we don't have a refrigerator in the in the warehouse. I said, I won't accept delivery. Send it back to them and tell them why. Well, I had to send two, two of those back, and like you said, that's probably around $2,000 or $2,500 a, a, a pack. Well, they got the message real quick when UPS started taking, sending it back to them instead of me. Uh, but anyway, so far this last several months, knock on wood, I haven't had any problems, even to the point where, matter of fact, uh, last week I called and ordered my um, my Victoza. And it arrived here in Florida today. They've got my address in Florida, and they forwarded my request from the pharmacy in Murfreesboro, where yours came out of, to the pharmacy Mm -hmm. in Tampa, Florida, and then delivered to me. So uh, it basically took from the day I called in Monday, and I received it today. So that's, that's reasonable with the fact that it first had to go through the Murfreesboro system, then transferred to the Tampa, Florida system, and then over uh, to be delivered here in Zephyr Hills. Well, that's good. Yeah. 
I mean, they have they have some improvements, but they're they're short and far between. It's not it's not the improvements. Okay, they'll make the improvements, but it's their ability to maintain the quality of that improvement to keep it going is the issue. Well, that that may remember be in true. service. Remember in remember in the service, we used to have a sign on our door that says. You're entitled to receiving an attaboy. Attaboys for doing a good job. Attaboys are cumulative. However, one all shit erases all previously ever attaboys. <laughs> all attaboys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never did get enough attaboys to click. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you telling us this information, Ray, and same thing for Sherman there. I, you know, at least I don't feel like the only the only redheaded stepchild the VA has. <laughs> You're right. And, uh, <laughs> I think that's all they have is redheaded stepchildren. I think I can take that sign off the back when I go to the VA says kick me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's a, a, an assumption. <laughs> you walk in the door of the VA. Uh, well, some of them are really got, tough to deal with. I know that. But you were talking about uh, medications and stuff, Gerald. That uh, you know that you know when Ray's talking about having the change and stuff, you know, and the uh, and your and your outside physicians and stuff getting. You know, Information to there. I had Virginia Lester almost died, and I had God, a couple of thousand pages of records and a bunch of new heart issues and stuff. And uh, my wife dares me to be working on with the VA or something serious, so I had to go to the outside. And I took all the papers over there to primary care, and they put this person and sit there for two days and scanned everything in my file. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so. They'll do it, yeah. Yep, they do it. Uh, I remember the first time I did that, I went over to the the, uh, patient's group for the patient's information. I carried, oh, I had to be at least 150 pages from where I'd gone through physical therapy after they had done open heart surgery. And I said, I need this uh, scanned in my medical records, please. Lady looked at me and she says, why? And I said, well, so my heart doctor that's with the VA can see what all that my physical therapy person that they sent me to uh, did. And she says, well, are you okay? I says, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I said, the, I can't read those medical records. They've got words there that are 26 inches, and, I mean, 26 uh, <laughs> letters long. I can't read that. Finally, she got a little disgusted look on her face like I was trying to be a smarty, which I was. And she took it over and told me to come back in 30 minutes. I went back in 30 minutes. She had them all done. But uh, it's just, uh, just another step that the veteran's going to have to take if, if these things, uh, you know, continue the way that I'm anticipating they're going to, um, I think that's 
you know, it's it's obvious that for a while, maybe a long time, uh, veterans are going to have to make sure that they get copies of their records at their each doctor's visit and personally carry it to the VA and have it scanned in. Um, I don't see any any shortcoming to that. Uh, the VA is not going to let an individual medical office uh, have access to their computer information. Um, not sure that I'd want them to, but uh, in any case, um, I think that's the way it's going to it's going to roll out in June or July. Yeah, that's something all all veterans going to have to keep an eye on uh, because this is the perfect time in June or July whenever they uh, uh, institute these new new laws and regulations for the VA to abuse some of this stuff. So we need to keep everybody updated best we can. If anybody learns of something new, uh, for sure let us know. And and uh, uh, we want to... We want all the veterans to be as well informed as possible. Um, we don't want no one getting in trouble. Remember by law, guys, you know, the priority groups or things going to be able to mandate it. And if you're 50% or above service connected during priority group one, you don't have any co pays, regardless of what they pass. Yeah, but they was talking about eliminating. Uh, down past uh, like uh, yeah, 10 or 20 percent, uh, yeah, even 30 percent. So you, they're going to raise that to where it might be 40 or 50 percent uh, before you uh, uh, can suspend your your copays. I don't know That's that what they're going to do. Congressional Budget Office is bullcrap, uh, you know. Of course, now, you have to take this for granted thought, too, Gerald. Every year, they got these worthless individuals who do nothing to sit around and think up crap all day. That's their job. It's a think tank called the Congressional Budget Office. They go in on Monday morning, and they start with the first light. How can we save money? Let's see. Let's have this meeting. Let's discuss how we can save money. Let's look at the VA today. How can we save money? Let's see. Let's cut out the 30%. Let's cut out heart disease and diabetes and everything else, you know, service connection. Let's save all this money. Well, now to be looking at the real picture, to save money, you got to cut the fat. It would be unbelievable how much money they would save if they turned the lights off on all them hospitals and VA buildings. Let all the employees go back in the medical field out in the private sector. And issue the veterans a card to get the health care where they wanted to go. Because these buildings sell them hospitals and buildings, and you'd have enough money there to pay the national debt off. Well, yeah, yeah also, that's, that's one step. Yep. Also, they're talking they about money. eliminated some of these uh, service connections, like. Uh, Possibly tendonitis uh, and some Heart others. Disease. I was reading them. Uh, some of the others, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got oh, a list of somewhere. If you guys don't have it, let me know. I'll send it to you. Have you seen that, Ray? Uh, uh, what they're trying to eliminate? Yeah, the CBO's recommendations. Have you seen that? Well, I, I've seen some of the recommendations on it. Uh, okay. And, and it's kind of like, you know, it goes back to this, you know, it reminds me of this, um, I guess I'm going to say Blue Navy that failed. You know, yeah, the only reason Navy, that yeah. the Blue Navy failed, it just it actually needed more research. Well, that's basically what they're saying about taking this sustained heart disease away. They're saying, well, mm-hmm. uh, they've forgotten the, the terminology that's used for, for veterans. It's as likely as not. And it's as likely as not that Agent Orange can cause, or any other herbicide, can cause a stenic heart disease, whether you're in the civilian or whether you're in the uh, military. And they're trying to say that uh, because it's not definitely for sure, then it doesn't count. Well, that's not the way the law is written, and, nor, and they cannot. What I cannot understand is how the the, uh, the health group wants to constantly change the the laws to which Congress passed. They are constantly trying to reword things or leave certain major words out uh, when they do a claim or when they try to get the benefits, especially, you know, I've seen it a lot myself personally in the prosthetics area. Um, right. To try to save uh, the difference, for example, there's nothing in the world of the 38 CFR code that states that a uh, that the prosthetics division uh, cannot uh, give you a vertical platform left inside the home. Yeah. What it says is that they cannot change the structure of the home. And what the what the right. hospital group tried to say, well, if they have to if they have to uh, bolt that vertical platform left down, then it changes the structure of the home. And that's not that's true. I know, but that's what they used to try and deny me. So I had to use my adaptive housing grant to pay for my vertical platform lift. And then after I did that and the higher-ups found out about it, uh, they were willing to try to figure out a way, and they couldn't do it, how to reimburse me that money that I spent out of my adaptive housing grant. And I said, well, just replace it into my adaptive housing grant. Oh, we can't do that. We're not allowed to do that. I said, well, okay. Forget it. You should have you should have filed an appeal for the BBA on that one. You'd won that one. Well, so it's not changing um, the structure of the home. Well, yeah, but but the thing is, by the time I would have, when you when you're working with your adaptive housing grant, you're on a time frame, and until yep. you have until you have the exit from two ends of your home. Entrance and exit from two ends of your home with a wheelchair or with the, in my case, a vertical platform left to get me down on one of my exits so I could exit the home. Uh, then the adaptive housing grant either stays still or they will go ahead and pay for it. And since they worked, they tried to work with prosthetics and prosthetics was not willing to work with them. So they finally said, "Well, we will we will approve it and pay for it, because he has to have a, a second exit from the home in a wheelchair." Well, that's a joke. Uh, I mean, that's a, but 
know what's something gets tied up in DBA that uh, if you're on time, everything everything gets put on hold, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And you know how hard it is whenever the VA puts something on hold, it takes forever to get it to to get back on track. Uh huh. Yeah, but if they get an order from the DBA, at least something they got to do it. Yeah. And if, you know, it's like a BVA decision. You get a BVA decision, you know, the claim's supposed to be awarded. Uh, what do they call that? The headline privileges, you know, uh, expeditious treatment? Yes. I know a lot of that, that BVA decision is 20 years ago and still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've had about three of those. those. <laughs> Don't mean I think nothing. they misspelled expeditious. I think they misspelled expeditious instead of expedi- expediosis or whatever it is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm still waiting. No, it's just that. We do these Gerald, shows. You know, we were, yeah, we we were talking. Gerald, we were talking earlier today. Uh, one thing I'd, I'd like to, because I had to, unfortunately, had to deal with this with one of individual that I was assisting here in, in Franklin County in Winchester, Tennessee. Guys, when you get 100% disabled, there is a $100,000 life insurance policy which you do not have to pay the premiums on. But you do have to request it and fill out your form. That form is in your packet when you got your 100% disability. Please make sure you fill it out and, and submit it for later future use for your spouse. Uh, How many years? I had a. You had to do that. I'm sorry. How many years do you have to do that? You got 90 oh. days. You don't well, even. You that. don't have very long. You got 90 days. I didn't get that. Uh, yeah. From the day. How do you get it? I didn't get one. Right. I just got the regular VA life insurance thing. Uh, you didn't get your ten thousand dollars free at a hundred percent. Yeah, I got that. You know, with some waiver premium, okay. call that right. Right, that's the, waiver uh, premium. But you I got had to sign it, and send it in. Right, and then I then I picked up another one, like another. I guess it's thirty thousand to you know an additional one. That's all they offer me. Well, that's that's usually about all they'll offer. Uh, they can go from right. ten to thirty thousand based on your age, and. Um, but if you don't if you don't fill that paperwork out and send it in and submit it within ninety days of your hundred percent disability, that goes away. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. uh I had a had a gentleman that he he was in special forces with the Air Force, uh spent his you know, really two tours of duty in Vietnam behind the enemy lines. And of course the the Department of Defense denied where he was. Uh, we had to overcome that first. We got a copy of his military records with all that information blacked out as far as his duty assignments and everything, and there was 23 pages of it, and uh, 90% of it was blackened out. Uh, so we wrote, we wrote a letter uh, along with it, filled out the uh, the form, uh, to state his case, and he stated that during the time 
of the dates to which he was on uh, uh, top secret missions, um, as indicated with the blackening out of his military records, and in the letter that said it was classified information, uh, the only place that he could have possibly been based on his MOS would have been behind enemy lines, and at that particular time, the only war zone was Vietnam. So uh, you have no choice, as as likely as not, that he served his special forces in Vietnam and Laos. Well, they granted Mm -hmm. it. They approved it. They gave him his disability. And uh, the problem was is that when he got it, he didn't sign his his life insurance and resubmit it or submit it, and he passed away uh, three weeks ago. And it wasn't until he passed away that uh, we found out that he did not sign it, did not send it in, and it was still in the packet with his 100% disability paperwork. So his his spouse lost uh, $10,000. Yeah, or more. Yeah, probably more. There's probably some other benefits yeah. which she would have been able to get a, uh, get a qualified for. Yeah, she don't get her DIC? She probably will, yes. She has applied for it. She should. And uh, she should get, uh, I think it's about $1,250 for that. But there's another case. It's mm-hmm. called the 8 Law, which they had not been married for eight years. Uh, this is a second mm-hmm. marriage. They had only been married for seven years. So he didn't fall under the 8 Law, so she'll lose eight $800 there. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. <clears throat> yeah, they just, uh, they've got uh, uh, different size screws, and, and, you know, with the different sharp ends on it. It's, you know, that's, that's what they use. Their little rules and regulations, you know. The bigger screws are worse to be more damaged, you know. The small screws just take an 800 bucks from them. That's how they do it. Yeah, you got to be aware of that, you know, and that's the, you know, it's really hard to find uh, those regulations uh, when it comes to spousal benefits. Uh, and now, they refer to it as the eight law, um, meaning the eight years. You get eight hundred dollars. Give you a heads up. Let me give you a heads up, and you tell your wife this too. Are you are you a member dot com? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I get emails from you from time to time. <laughs> Haddon is a basically had largest veteran site out there. It's got like almost twenty thousand members. There's a lady on there, and she's uh, she's been on for years. And uh, the VA killed her husband. And uh, actually, she had what she made she made a couple of times. And uh, veterans, you know, just. Her was a Vietnam vet, and they can, uh, they'd misdiagnosed diabetes and died, and they, uh, she won a big suit against them because of that and got her DIC and other stuff. This lady is the foremost premier expert on anything dealing with spousal death and DIC. So if I see someone that passes away, I hook the spouse up with that website, and they can just go to her information. And she's already got it listed out like a death folder. Here's what you got to do, A, B, C, D. And it makes it a lot easier on the survivors to follow that structure's teeth, you know, word for word. And it's just, it's just a guy. She ain't a girl. She's, she's something else. She's a girl. Yeah, she's an expert deluxe. 
she went to military school and learned about all this BA stuff and graduated with honors. I mean, uh, there's a lot of lawyers seek her advice. Uh, uh, She sharpens a tack. I mean, when she gets on the BA, they jump too. (laughs) They pay her her a lot of money. Well, that's good. But that's kind of like you know. I mean, it's uh, uh, just what people peace of mind when people see that. And she even talks to some of them, you know, because you know she doesn't do a lot of that because she's so busy. But uh, I mean, uh, she's just uh, she's a wonderful person. She's had several shows on her show, and uh, I've known her for I guess I've known her for like probably eighteen, nineteen years. You know, when I, was, I knew when she was going through all this stuff. She really snapped too, and she uh, she does a lot for the widows and stuff. You know, being one herself. Yeah. And she's one of those people and that she, pays it back. She, you know, we get a lot of vets out there. We help out of habit and stuff. You know, we get a hundred percent or whatever. And as soon as they get their award, you know, they'll hang around a couple more days and they're gone. <laughs> they do the thing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and she's an expert in her field. And uh, anyone dealing with DIC, it'd be advisable for for them to go in there and read her work there on Haddit because yeah. they have a special special form there for her. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, you get... Yeah, it'd be... Yeah, and her shows are yeah. on the archives, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Berta Simmons. Um yeah, listen to her show. She's uh, you realize uh, she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, good that's information. Great. Yeah, because there are a lot of widows out here, and, and I've run into a bunch of them. That uh, you know, when their husbands died or. You know, and and they're passed on, and they just they don't know what to do. They wasn't that involved with the claims process, you know, them working the claims or what have you, and they are just totally lost. And I understand it. So, if they have a website like that that'll take them through by the numbers, it's really beneficial for them. It is, and one other thing that we had in this particular case, um, which I I got the call, and, and uh, the the gentleman basically had heart disease, um, and uh, he he cancered his or conquered his cancer, but um, on his heart disease, which caused his death, and he was a diabetic. Um, it was real important to make a statement because he didn't have his heart disease connected at that time. It hadn't been approved. Mm-hmm. So what what we've had to do, uh, the gentleman that, that, that in the state of Tennessee, the funeral home puts out and issues the death certificate and the cause of death. So we had to mm-hmm. make sure that 
we had to make uh, the statement that he he died with a heart attack secondary to diabetes, which yep. any heart disease is secondary to diabetes. Uh, you know, and and if you die with a heart, if you have diabetes and you die with a heart attack or a stroke, more than likely it's secondary to diabetes. But it has right. to state that on the death certificate. So um, you need to talk about that with your spouse and make sure she understands <laughs> all of that beforehand. Uh, because when that time comes... Say, so at the time he died, did he have an active claim open for heart disease? I'm sorry. At the time he died, did he have an active claim open for heart disease or other issues? No, he didn't. Or did, okay. No, he. Uh, we, we we tried to uh, get him to put in for it, and uh, he didn't. He didn't think he had a heart disease. Um, mm. he, he, you know, the doctors told him he had a circulation. This this gentleman was, I think at the time he was uh, eighty-one or eighty-two years old, and um, mm-hmm. uh, just he's like a lot of veterans. He's had his fill of the VA and didn't want to have to fight with them anymore. Yeah, I see. You know, and. Uh, he he was tired of fighting with them, uh, so he didn't uh, he didn't pursue his his heart disease. Mm. Boy, that's a shame. But, but we have well, to brings up another that, topic, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, we have so many that do that and just drop out of the procedure and are just fed up. We know how they get yeah, fed you up. Have to, <laughs> you have to explain to them that even though they get fed up, and say, for example, they're not 100% or they have an issue like that, they've got a wife and a family. And, uh, you know, especially some of these guys that are maybe in their 60s and have got some really bad issues, if their wife's, you know, she's still pretty young in her 50s and he, he kicks the bucket, you know, if, and his wife, you know, if he's less than a certain percentage, she's, she don't get nothing unless he dies in such a condition. And so what happens is these guys need, need to, you know, try to keep the, just for the sake of his family, you know, to keep this thing going. I mean, don't be selfish to yourself. I understand if you get cut up with the VA and understand how people feel, but you should think of your family and other people first before you think of yourself. Well, I have found that a lot, I'd say 50% of the individuals that come to me for assistance uh, do so because their wife has pushed them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You take you, make, uh, you take care of them. I mean, you know, it's just. I mean, I, I, I would. I couldn't rest in peace knowing that I'd take care of my family. Yeah. Well, I couldn't do that. <laughs> you know, I mean. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I had a case, I guess it was a little over a year ago, a guy won his case, and we're going down to file for an additional claim. And when we go down to Nashville to file for that additional claim, we go in and and uh, the 
the claims agent is sitting there looking at the the computer, and she says, well, it doesn't say anything here about you being married. He said, yeah. He said, I was married back when I was in the service. She went back and then pulled up a copy of the DD-214 and, and said, yeah, you were. And he said, looked there, and he said, yeah, I'm married to the same lady. <laughs> so she said, well, okay, we're going to, uh, we're going to put this in for you to to receive uh, your your spousal benefits, and it's going to increase your pay of what was it forty five dollars a month or something like that, yeah. little little minimum amount. And uh, we're walking out, and she turns and she says, hmm, "Now I can go get my hair done whenever I want to." <laughs> <laughs> I'll see them around town now every once in a while, and I, I look at her and I say, "It looks like you just got your hair done." <laughs> How long did it take you to get your wife, get your wife on board? Man, it took a while, didn't it? It did. Matter of fact, they lost our marriage certificate uh, five times, and finally, oh I, I, you know. Uh, they long, yeah. We had to, we submitted it five different times uh, before that. Well, we lost it. Well, we misplaced it. Well, we never got it. So uh, you know, you know, I was just doing like everybody else at the time. I was uh, not educated on the VA. So finally, I just took it and I went down and turned it in and got a a copy of it. And sure enough, five months later, when I called about it. Oh, we never got that. I said, well, that's not true because I'm sitting here holding a copy of it that's date stamped. Oh, you have? Yeah, you want me to bring it to you? Well, let me do a little further check. Well, I'm, the next month the pay was there along with some back pay, so um, there yeah. wasn't a problem. They tried to do that to me when I got my original rating. I hit 30%. They said, you need to fill out this form and send it in to them. And I said, you wait just one minute. So I pulled up my 526 that I first originally did it. I had everything on there, like it said to do. I said, you need to go back to the original 526 and go ahead and process that paperwork. They said, what do you mean? I said, there's a section on the 526 of that. I said, I don't care what this other paper says. I said, you've already got it. Get it done. Well, made them mad. They did it. Yeah, but it makes them mad. Mm. I don't care. I, I'm tired. I'm tired of appeasing the VA. Yeah, I'm tired of it. I've appeased the VA for too long. I've kissed too much butt. Um, I'm not doing it no more. I'm tired of right. getting screwed over by organization. Well, you know, I told the lady in prosthetics when I, when I met with her a while back over that vertical platform lift. I said, you know, I'm not going to fool around with with the individuals that are under you that are uh, incompetent of being able to do their job in a, in a timely manner. I said, they don't return phone calls. They don't answer emails. So I have no idea of communicating. So from this point forward, I will communicate with you and with you alone. She said, that's okay. Well, so far, when I have a problem with the prosthetics, 
I send her an email. And I've had her answer her emails at 5.30 in the morning sometimes. Huh. But it gets done. Well, it helps to have someone that's halfway decent in the BA there that will work with you, you know. Uh, some of them are nice, and, and and they understand. They know what's going on. And, and and then they got some that just, you know, don't bother me. I'm on finish my coffee. <laughs> well, what's, what I don't understand is their policy, and I asked the gentleman this, he never could answer me. If I was given a scooter, and I see my primary care doctor every six months, and... The condition I have will never improve. They're not trying to do anything to improve it. They have told me that because of my heart condition, they cannot do back surgery, and they're not even sure that the back surgery would help the condition in my legs anyway. They're just guessing. And so they refuse to do surgery. Well, if all of that's going on, why does somebody in prosthetics say, well, you have to go for a new evaluation? Because you hadn't been in the wheelchair clinic in a year. That makes sense. That don't make sense. I ain't been in there in forever. <laughs> okay, Joe, well, you know, answer the, your question. Huh? Why do you have to go every year to be certified for your oxygen? Well, I, they make me go in every year. That's a joke. That is a joke. Yeah. I'd take Same it thing with you, Ray. That's a joke. Yeah. Last time I went doing, in there. All they're doing is justifying their job by having somebody there to do a, uh, to look at you and say, yep, you still need it. You know what? The first thing the VA should send him is a box full of hoops to jump through. Yeah. And about 200 feet of red tape to cut it every inch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, uh... Joke. Last time I went in for oxygen certification, she said, well, you're supposed to have that off for 30 minutes. I said, if I had it off for 30 minutes, you'd be burying me. She said, well, take it off. In about two minutes, my oxygen was down the... O2 saturation down to 77. She said, well, you get that back on right now. <laughs> now, that ain't improved none over the last 15 years. <laughs> so, but still, every year I got to go in. I guess I do tell them 100%. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's really crazy the way they they uh, they do things, and and it just doesn't even make any sense at all. Um, I needed a new mask, and I hadn't had one in over a year, and so I called to get a new mask, and the lady says, "Oh, well, we can't issue that. You got to come back in." And uh, uh, see your your doctor. I said, I, 
your sleep, your sleep apnea doctor. I said, well, I saw him six months ago. And she said, what did he tell you? He said, he scheduled me to come back in a year. He said, well, he didn't order you a mask. Well, once again, that's under prosthetics. I just sent the email to the lady in prosthetics and told her what was going on. And uh, when I went through my sleep study act, man, it's, it's on my records that uh, I went code blue 13 times an hour. And uh, and they call it severe sleep apnea. And uh, I got my mask in about two days. It didn't take them long to get me a new mask out there. Well, that's so when I go in this when I go in this April uh, to see that doctor again, I'm just gonna say, would you go ahead and put me in for a whole new machine and mask? Because if you don't put me in for it. I've got to come back and see you and schedule an appointment to get to see you in order to, to get one. So just go ahead and put me in for one. Say so they'll fact, put you in must... for, for a trilogy uh, machine. That's <laughs> what they put me on. They're, they're good. Isn't that the yeah. new one? Well, this is the one my, my outside doctor got for me. and oh. It's a internal external ventilator and uh boy it's a cat's meow just smooth as silk quiet uh you know it ain't like one of them old old CPAP machines sound like a thrashing machine uh, it's just super quiet oh you sleep like a baby well I'm gonna, I haven't had one now I guess in uh Probably four years, so I'm going to try to get them to give me a new machine. Uh, see if you can get a you trilogy. Got, they're, they're the best. You got the, you've got, have you got one of the big ones? you got one of the small ones, right? I got uh, a small mine, one. Now, I used mine, to have a big one, but they changed when They changed mine out after my heart surgery. The one they gave me yeah. was a small one. I got a pretty good size one here. Ooh. Well, it's got all the fine-tuned adjustments on it. I had surgery, and I fixed my sleep apnea. I don't have it no more. That's luck. I got lucky with that one. Oh, you did at that? Yes. That sleep apnea is a dangerous thing. People don't realize how dangerous it is. You know what that causes pulmonary hypertension? Sleep apnea? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well... And uh, I tell you, uh, I really didn't realize how dangerous it was until uh, I, I met with the doctor, I guess it's six months ago now, eight months ago now. And uh, he's sitting there and he's saying, you know, with, this, with your condition, you'll probably die from sleep apnea before you die from a heart attack. And yet I, I know how bad I heart see is, that. So. Well, you go into that shallow breathing, and that's what gets you. Pretty soon you're in Never Land. My wife reminded me that she's called everything that I've had, you know, as far as, like, my issues, like sleep apnea and things like that. She's the one that found out I had it, you know, because she told her to quit breathing and stuff. And she's found that whole bunch of stuff, you know, that she's helped me a whole lot. So uh, if I ever... If I ever walk in the house and there's a bucket sitting on the floor, I know what's going to happen to you. You guys. 
<laughs> You're going to kick the bucket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my wife told me to get a claim filed years ago, and I says, nah, I really don't want to fool with it. I woke up yeah. three days later in the hospital, and she said, you ready to file that claim? I said, yeah, I think I will. <laughs> <laughs> think about it, huh? <laughs> yep. She made a believer out of me. Yep. Uh, like I said I'm earlier, the, go ahead, Ray. How how are you the guinea pig? My wife worked for the VA. Oh, next phrase. And the VA got mm. a brand new MRI machine. I've been having some neck problems since I got screwed up in the Navy, you know. So I volunteered to go in as a guinea pig, you know, because they have to do so many tests before they can actually, you know, use a machine for patients. And uh, so I went there and done that test, and they got the radiologist to read it, and the next thing I know, I'm, I'm well on my way to claim bill. But Fourteen years later, I still on the road to claim bill, but finally going a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's what I call it on the road to claim bill. Yeah. And some people don't get off the off the roundabout they put in your way. Like you know, you know the roundabouts. Girl Jer- can't stand roundabouts. <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> I call them lock you in. That's they're trying yeah. to shut up all these cities where people can't get out of them. I don't know what the deal yeah. is. I'm sure it's yeah. no good. Yeah. Though. Well, you know, like I said, if I you claim, they'll send you a box of hoops and a bunch of roadblocks in front of you because that's what you're going to have when they throw every roadblock they can in front of you. <laughs> and it's not mandated by law, it's just because they can. You yeah. And not taking us away from the hospital. The hospital did a pretty good job. These regional offices are a different issue. Yeah. Totally different issue. So, so you speak of that, you know, there's one thing that that I've run into here in the last year. And, and you know, I, exp- I, I want a veteran to get every benefit that he's entitled to as soon as he's entitled to it. But I've had more veterans in the last year to come to me saying he has a problem or a claim and this is what happened, this is how it happened, and and uh, what it really boils down to it, the further I get into it with him, and I finally come out and just point blank and I said, has the doctor said you had that problem and put it in your notes? The answer has been no. And, uh, you know, I'm all for veterans getting their benefits, but some of these guys are causing us a lot of problems by turning in these claims that are not documented. Uh, I know James has had many of them um, that the that the individual has heard that somebody got something or somebody qualified for this or qualified for that, and they want to make sure that or want to try to get it for themselves as well. And uh, when you know that you know that that just bogs down the process for those who need the 
services uh, who need the benefits, and, it, and in some cases, probably is one of the excuses that they use to make us jump through hoops because of well, some of these other. Uh, the VA has a term for that, Ray. It's called malingering. And if you ever see that in someone's claim file, you better look out. <laughs> okay. That's, that's I, I it, yeah, I, I've had this problem, and it happened, it caught my attention because he said it happened to him when he was at Fort McCallum, Alabama, which is where I was stationed. And so my ears perked up a little bit, of course, and then. He's telling me all about it. Oh, yeah, doctors put it in my medical records, and, yeah, they sent me to Huntsville to Redstone Arsenal, and I was in the hospital there and treated, and he gives me all this line. And he said they dismissed me with uh, uh, a 10% disability. Well, when when I get down there, um, he had told me he'd never filed a claim for this other condition. Well, we get down there to the regional office, and he's telling the story to the to the agent. She's looking at me kind of funny, and she pulls his name and everything up. And she says, turn the sheet around. She says, is this your signature? Well, yes, it is. Is this the date that you got out of the hospital? Well, yes, it is. Well, you filed a claim then, and it was rejected. I didn't file a claim then. She said, you just told me that was your signature on the claim. Well, on the way back from Nashville talking with him, and he finally admitted that he he did file the claim. It had been rejected, and he really didn't have the condition, but he thought he'd try for it anyway. Oh, oh, that would hurt. So I, I almost pulled over and put him put him out of the car and make him walk home, but I, I, I wouldn't. Have. I would have. I'd take him to the bus station. Yeah. Um. That's horrible. Well, and, and you know, I mean, I've seen, in the last year, I've had two or three. And uh, uh, after that one, I caught the other two quick enough before I went down there. Uh, one of them I did, and he kept telling me he has asbestos, and the doctors says his COPD was caused from asbestos. And he was in the... Uh, he was in a construction uh, in the Air Force, and his job where he spent two or four years, really, uh, down in somewhere in Florida, somewhere close to Milton down that way. And uh, uh, he says they tore down old barracks and stuff and had to tear out the asbestos. And I said, how did you know it was asbestos? He said, well, this white dust was floating around, and guy started to light a cigarette, and then and uh, they told him not. That was probably flammable. And said the, the sergeant that was with him in charge said, oh, no, that's just asbestos floating around. And they kept working. He said, "We, you know, I did that for for two years in that one set of uh, barracks that we tore down and remodeled and everything. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but if you have asbestos in your lungs, there's an x-ray and a test that they can do, and the asbestos shows up and will always be there as little bitty green dots. Well, um, I seem to have that done, and evidently when it came back, the green dots wasn't there. <laughs> and 
He did have asbestos. I mean, he did have COPD, but it was from from 25 years of smoking. Uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't from the asbestos poisoning. But they, they can tell that little fiberglass screen shows up in their x-rays. They do a special type of x-ray, well, and it will show up if you've got asbestos poisoning. It's called, it's called an HRCT, high-resolution CAT scan. And, uh, okay. And they put certain dyes in you, and they can find it. Of course, now, some of them are pretty small, too. They it, Some could be microscopic. You, know, they, they both, you might have to do a biopsy just to confirm it, you know. No, but uh, that's my that's my expertise, Ray. Well, uh, you know, uh, being in the Navy, you may have had more of a chance to be exposed than than what I think he was. Uh, but he he um, I think he got in touch with me. Uh, what caused him to get in touch with me? There's a TV commercial from one of these TV <laughs> attorneys. That says if you have COPD and served in the Navy and the Air Force and blah, 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 you know, you may have been contaminated to asbestos. Well, that's what Mm -hmm. made him think about filing a claim for his COPD because of asbestos. He's trying to get a hold of that. He's trying to get a hold of that uh, several billion dollar fund there to get his money out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I can Uh, see that. uh, See it every day. Yeah. Hey, we're out of time here. Uh, Ray, wow. you want to tell us uh, your, something about your your show there that you do and your phone number to it? Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the show is uh, the second Tuesday morning. Uh, it starts at 9 o'clock Central Time, the uh, second Tuesday morning of each month. It's on uh, WZYX Radio. You can uh, go into WZYX.com and look it up, and they got a uh, number there that you can call in on. Uh, you can listen to the show, give us a call, ask us questions. Uh, we have different topics each month. Sometimes we have guests on. We've we've had Congressman Desjardins on talking with us, and uh, uh, matter of fact, a couple of months ago we had Congressman Rowe and Desjardins both on at the same time talking about this uh, law that had just passed at that time concerning uh, the uh, the new terrorist program that's going to kick in June that we talked about earlier. And uh love to have you listen in and uh, give us a call and give us your comments. And, uh, do you remember you... the number? I do not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do not remember the number. Uh, I very seldom ever call that number. So, uh, but if you look it up under your uh, under the radio station, um, wzyx dot uh, com, and you can find it there. Uh, hold on, let me see. Pam, Pam, do you remember the telephone number of the station? Nine six seven seven four seven one. Okay, it's area code nine three one. Oh nine three one. Nine three one nine six seven Yeah seven four seven four oh one seven four seven one or seven four seven two. That's two numbers that go in there. Okay. So if, if y'all can give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. And if you got any questions or if you have any topics that you would like for us to talk about in the future, just 
just give us a call and we'll research it out and uh, kind of go from there. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Ray. And we really well, thank you and thanks for having on. me on. Oh, enjoyed. I always enjoy being on with you guys. I always so, learn something new. I always learn something new. Yeah. Well, we do too, and that's what it's all about. And hope all the listeners out there enjoyed the show. So this will be Gerald Cook with Jay Basser and Ray Cobb will be signing off for now. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Basher Show.